Hi everyone, I'm Portia. And I'm Namsa. Welcome to Assume It Will Be Brilliant, Shondaland Stand Podcast. Hi Portia. Hey Nums, how's it going? <laughs> Good, how are you? I am very, very, what's that thing that he says in succession? You know, when the guy says he's going to promote Greg to the bottom of the top? Yes. So I'm like at the top of the low, you know? Uh. (laughs) Like I'm not even, I'm like at the middle of the low. I'm not even at the top yet. So, you know, I'm having a time, but I'm all right. I'm all right. Life is what it is. Life goes on. (laughs) Oh, well, um, I am hoping that this recording will help lift your spirits because we're going to be talking about other people's lives. Oh my God. In the <laughs> I'm so excited. Yes. Other people who have gone and put their, I mean, let's get into it. Yeah. They've gone, put themselves on reality TV and they've said here, here we are. So um, I'm really excited about this episode as well. And we spoke about in episode one, talking a bit about reality shows. And then I was saying, I really hope that you'll watch some of these shows with me. And then you did. So I'm really I excited. Did. I really did. Um, so today we're talking about dating on TV in the modern world. Obviously, dating on TV is a modern world phenomenon, but I think it's changed um, a lot since it first began. So we're looking at a lot of these reality dating TV, TV shows that have come up, some of which that either I've watched or you, you've watched, and then we'll talk about some of the great things about them, some of the not so great things about them, and then we'll be honing in on Love is Blind because that's the most recent uh, show that's been airing and the thing that's re- that we've been watching. I personally, and I've told you this, <laughs> I think it's unethical. <laughs> right? <laughs> I really honestly think that it's highly, highly questionable on an ethical plane having people out here with these vulnerable feelings like this, you know, and putting them in these, ah, 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 you could not pay me enough money to attempt to fall in love on a TV show. You could not, I'm telling you right now, even if I was on, oh, maybe if I was on the street, but beyond being absolutely desperate to pay for my necessities, mm -mm, miss me. But you convinced me. And so I watched seasons one and two for you. And, um, and you loved it, Porsche. You let's let's be real. You loved it. Okay. No, 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 no. These things are popular because they are highly entertaining. Okay, so highly, I would yes. But did I love it? No, I still wanted all these people to be safe in a private place. <laughs> no, of course, but you loved it for the entertainment value of it. And I think, and I think that some of the stuff that we're actually going to discuss is that there is this um, part of these shows, specifically with reality dating shows, there is this aspect where these people are not just being exposed, but they're being manipulated in many ways to exert and to, to get out of them specific emotions and specific reactions. So there is an exploitative part outside of just the whole basis of going to date anybody is vulnerable. Outside of that, there's also like another element that we'll, we'll look at. So yeah, I'm really excited to get going. So let's start. The OG for me is The Bachelor, The Bachelorette. That franchise 
is one of the, if, if not the biggest, yeah. maybe not today, but definitely the most recognizable of these reality dating TV shows. It really brought along a lot of these modern, modern day, you know, iterations of what that show is. There was the MTV era with Flavor Flav. Yes. And that was like a more like the urban sort of almost like, mocking version of the bachelor um and i think that also i mean i think the bachelor came off of the idea of joe millionaire which they tried to revive recently and no no bueno but it's really the you know the the main the big thing and basically we know um you the one bachelor or bachelorette gets about 30 suitors um men or women and they they basically go through a series of rounds until they pick one person to be their fiance um, on the basis that like, this is the best connection. And it's, it's really a, a very strange, it's actually very strange. Mm-hmm. And the way I, I like to look at it is the way um, one of my favorite podcasts, Game of Roses likes to look at it as a game. In that there are all these different rounds, there are different plays that you can make. There's different there's rules to the 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 Bachelor, um, and in fact, it's one of the rules that's embedded even in Love Is Blind. In in that you have to be there for the right reasons. That is the number right. one rule. <laughs> like you can't go there for wrong reasons, and the wrong reasons could be to get famous. Or just to like, just be on TV or to build your social media profile or to whatever it is, you have to be there for the right reasons. And the right reasons based on the structure and the conceit of the show is to find your fiance, person you're going to marry. Love is Blind is the same, to find the person you're going to marry. And look, Bizarro, especially the legs that you go through in The Bachelor, very different to the ba- to like Love is Blind, where they Love is do- happens so fast. It happens so quickly. And it's also in the opposite way. The Bachelor, you go from 30 people that you're looking at, you go different dates, you go down to 20, to 15, to 10, to eight, to six, to four, to three, to two, to one. And- at all stages, there's different levels of intimacy being shared. So you are meeting three, no, four different families. You could be intimate um, with three different men or women in the fantasy suites. Then two women or two men meet your families. Whereas in Love is Blind, you go through the 15 people before, and then you choose the one, and then you go... And then, of course, you've got other offshoots like Love Island and Too Hot to Handle. And those are ones where a group of people, and that's, I guess, an offshoot of Bachelor in Paradise. We have a, bo- a group of bunch of beautiful looking people and you date different people until you find your one. And um, the difference with Love Island and Too Hot to Handle is there's a money aspect involved where there's an incentive at the end, you get a, get a prize. So it really also, is a game. Yeah, it's also kind of obviously less yeah emotional it really is a game it's not it doesn't have the conceit of you have to be here for the right reasons it's like no you can come here to play i believe there's also isn't bachelor in paradise a thing like that's copying this one this model or so, 
model? So it was Bachelor in Paradise actually came after they had Bachelor Pad, which was like a big brother sort of vibe, but it was all the previous bachelors and bachelorettes, the suitors would come in and live in the house and then find a pairing. And then they moved it onto an island in Mexico. And then Love is Bl- uh, sorry, Love Island and Two Hearts to Handle and those things are that concept of Bachelor in Paradise, but then they put money in it at the end, which is honestly what is what makes those shows even more interesting than Bachelor in Paradise because the conceit remains in Bachelor in Paradise. They retain <laughs> it. You have to be there for right reasons. Okay. And again, it's like, it's mind blowing to me that that conceit remains even in the Bachelor or Bachelorette franchise at the stage. My favorite thing about the Bachelor and Bachelorette franchise is how obviously product placement-y commercial it is. Like both with the venues and the stuff that they wear and how they often have to put it in there. And the other night, literally yesterday, I was watching John Oliver and he has these little clips where they do and now this and they sort of cut together ridiculous moments of like newscasters say it's it's like whether people being weird um or whatever the story is and this time it was like the line the thing that everybody is forced to say on the bachelor or something and just yeah. a series of clips of many bachelor and bachelorette consistents saying different places tahiti is the perfect place to fall in love yeah the perfect place to fall in love paris is the perfect place to fall bora bora iceland everywhere is the perfect place to fall in love it really really made me laugh and then they'll even like advertise the hotel that they're staying at or the resort even more um that's coming a lot more it's like they'll have a car a specific car in the um, yeah. they'll advertise um, there was an episode yeah, and, they have to, and it gets so weird because they try to be casual welcome yes. everybody to the Laguna blah 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 resort of Mexico. resorts and then you're yes. like that was a weirdly long title but that <laughs> and then they have shots of them in different places in the hotel or in the resort and they're like or like they'll do like, like the, this place. Wel- welcome yeah. to Cleveland welcome to Mexico <laughs> The thing that for me uh, that s- sent me every single time, especially at, um, and we'll get to this, Deep Tea and Shake's wedding, is how all the officiants have to say, is love truly blessed? Yes! <laughs> and you had this point. Because that's the conceit of the show. Exactly, yeah. And you know what's funny? It's funny you mentioned that product placement stuff in the Bachelor and Bachelorette is that that is it now embedded in the show it's now in there and you still have to believe that this is a love story that it's purely a love story it's like okay time has gone by especially as um what you know your tribe bachelor nation has grown um i would say as with anything like except for the original reality show that is the only and best one survivor yes I think like the first five seasons felt genuine. You know what I mean? Like yes, people looking yes. for love. But since then, gruesome participation, exactly. Like entertainment, feeding, just like whatever. I don't think that there are that many people who watch the show now, um, including people who started from the originals, who feel like this is about love, especially because the results are not a whole lot of couples have made it. You know, I, I think you'd actually be surprised 
You would be surprised. Bachelor Nation is very fixated on the love story and they punish those who don't come on specifically for that reason. They punish the show, I would say that in inverted commas, specifically on social media. When they're saying, this is no longer about love, it's just about drama, not understanding what television really is. They say they want a love story and we, they, they'll be given like that. For instance, in Michelle's season, they'll be given a pure love story and then they won't watch it. They just won't be as interested and as, in, and as invested. So I think there is a, there's a sense in which the audience wants to want that pure love story, wants to believe that it is just about love but at the same time wants to be entertained and, they, and it's conflicting for them. And I think it's also conflicting for where the Bash and Bachelorette is at this moment. It's like they have to be learned to, to make it all things at the same time and still be interesting. And which is why I find Love is Blind or even Too Hot to Handle really interesting and compelling television. Like they are able to put in, in Too Hot to Handle money <laughs> and still make you believe maybe not too hot to handle, but they still sort of make you kind of believe that there could be a love story. I mean, the winners of this last season, I believed in their love, Portia. <laughs> I'd never seen a single episode of Too Hot to Handle. I watched only this third season. I've only ever watched this third season. I might actually do that. I'm having a weekend. I might get into too hot. Because for me, it's even too much of a joke. I already don't buy it. It's, it's very much a joke. No, the primary criterion is be hot and then try not to touch yes. it. I'm like, get out of town. But anyhow. But Portia, that, now that one, specifically Too Hot to Handle, I find so ridiculous <laughs> and entertaining because it's like, how are you not able to handle it? Like, how can't you, why, how can you not? Because like, how hot, is it like? Hot. Like, why don't you understand? I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> But you know why as well, because here's the other thing we're talking about, like the ethics and stuff of it, is that they also get put in these situations where they're literally put on an island in a beautiful city and they're given so much alcohol. Like this is the main issue that I have with every sort of reunion when they throw them together. Like I know we're getting to Love is Blind in particular, but like they make, okay, let's get there actually. Let me leave that alone. Let's let's get there. Um, And then the other ones are like 90 Day Fiance, which I think you know more about. Um, And Married at First Sight, which is kind of similar to Love is Blind. You get involved in a sight unseen with somebody and you make a, an initial commitment. And then at the end, you make a final commitment. And then there's like this new one, the courtship on NBC, which is basically the bachelor, but Bridgerton. (laughs) Do with that what you will. (laughs) Don't tell me anything else. I haven't seen married at first sight. Not, I've never seen a full episode. I've seen sort of clips, you know, um, here and there. 90 Day Fiancé, also for ethical reasons, I can't engage in because immigration <laughs> isn't a joke, okay? And these people have good <laughs> television. Some people really are 90 Day Fiancés who are hoping and praying their life works out. And USCIS is not a joke department. They will deny you your love, okay? So I hate, I can't even with this, like, and it's all like these, like, dudes who, like, have taken, you know what I mean? Like, somebody who's in need and there's no real love. I'm like, I can't watch this and give it money. I will not give it a single rating. 
Well, I was this year years old when I when you told me what it actually means. I never knew what it meant. Like I didn't know what ninety day fiance was about. Like where the where that even came from. So yeah, <laughs> that's one one fiance visa that people who genuinely are in love <laughs> try to apply for. Anyhow, how does it actually work? Do people end up getting a visa when? So the, they, they must know that you went on the show for a visa. I'm just like, I, anyway. You have to prove yourself to the department, to immigration. So if they can prove that they're in a genuine, there's requirements for how long you've been together. So they do have to have records that show because it's for people. So in I guess on the show. For people who are trying to move and be legally resident somewhere. So, so I guess the on the show, the whole thing is like, you do try and fall in love so that you legitimately want a I couldn't, tell not- you, I couldn't tell you okay. if you haven't watched it, but they've obviously already applied for a K-1 visa and mm-hmm. have been granted one, whoever the, the immigrant is, that immigrant has moved. And what they have to do is get married within Proof. 90 days. So these right. are people who have applied for the fiancé visa, which is usually generally granted quite easily if you show, but sometimes these people are mail order brides or people that they don't really know sure. very well. And so the show is, are they going to do it? Will they follow through with the wedding? And like, uh-huh. is my understanding, but I haven't watched it in a very long time. I actually don't think I have an interest in watching that one. I think it's no, like, I mean, mm. it's not that interesting to be honest. It's just watching yeah. be awkward for a few minutes. Yeah. I've, I've watched one season of Married at First Sight Australia and I actually really found, found that quite, interesting um but just the one season i wouldn't be able to keep watching i don't think but let's just chat about like some of the good the good points of these shows some of them actually end up in love like sometimes these people end up married and have kids or in long-term relationships for a long time. The very first bachelorette, Krista and Ryan, they're still married to this day. And they were married like very early 2000s. Um, they met on the show. She He was her final choice. I mean, the bachelorette has a higher success rate. Um, a lot of the bachelorettes are still with the final choice. Some of the bachelors are with their second choice. <laughs> Love is Blind, two of the... I guess now four of the 10 couples from the two seasons together are married. I mean, in that sense, like some of them work. Lauren and Cameron, Love is Blind. Yeah, classic. They are the, they honestly ruined the show for me, if I'm honest. I'm going to tell you why. Hot take? Uh -uh. I'll tell you why. Okay, okay. No, I'm obsessed with them. Oh, I see. I'll I'll tell you why. And then I guess... In terms of like other these other shows, the more you know, the more they that are presented in the modern world, more of them are diverse. So, for instance, Love is Blind is showing different pairings specifically because you're not seeing who you're choosing. So that's a, a great aspect of it. The very very first ones, I think, the best seasons of any of these shows are usually the first ones because I think the early adapt adapters uh, yeah adopters adopters adapt adapt adopt the first iteration Sorry about the- that. <laughs> take it easy 
is usually is usually the best because the people don't know what to expect so they come in with usually the purest of intentions yeah the season one is always the most real because and because the season twos and after have certain expectations have ideas about how it should go and then that colors their exactly you know, their approach to the show and the first one is just like well let's see how it goes yeah let's see what this is um and then of course like we've said in the beginning they're very they're very entertaining like <laughs> Very highly entertaining. Uh, yeah they're very into inter- especially in the beginning they start out as these social experiments um it's something like interesting to see oh okay let me see really if these people can pick a partner from never seeing them or if um they can be if you can i mean married at first sight is you get relationship experts who will match you with someone they think is going to be most compatible with you and so they act as the algorithm essentially and then they pair you let's see if that works so it's very interesting and then of course the, as they become more structured they become more show shows so in that way like it does it is still entertaining but I mean there are problems with these shows some of which we've touched on but I mean for The Bachelor for instance it's very di- uh, lacks a lot of diversity they they don't know how to address issues of race issues of you know anything they don't know how to address anything. It's just because <laughs> they're just hoping that people show up and provide the entertainment. And they, it's like, no, no. Why would you bring in real world stuff right now? What is? Why would you? And why would you question it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I know one of the people who who they wanted to ask to be Bachelor, Peter Cross. He came. He was the runner-up in Rachel Lindsay's season, and he was very loved. Um, but one of the things he wanted was. He said, if he becomes a bachelor, he wants a, he wants a psychologist there mm. and he wants a psychologist to be with them after the, after to continue working with them, but also to be there on the show to work through different things with the different relationships. And they were, were like, peace out, we're not doing that. That's what I think. I remember listening to, to Aminatu, so like this on the podcast, Call Your Girlfriend. And I think she, she was talking about Love is Blind season one. And the way she expressed it was, these people can't be out here having unsupervised feelings, like without <laughs> yep. a therapist. I, I really was like, absolutely. Like that might be a yep. different show. Like, and I, I also, I don't know if you listen to, um, you see, listen to the podcast, Where Should We Begin with Esther Perel. There's also a TV show called Couples Therapy, which are like real life sessions. Right, right. I do love Esther Perel and listen to and I'm like that's a show I want to see like I absolutely yes. love therapy like involve put definitely insert that into the reality show and then I'm there you know but I guess you're right like it is a different show um and it's not what they're trying to do and I think embedded embedded in that is that sometimes yeah. yeah sometimes what we don't consider is the producers of these shows are trying to do something very specific. And a lot of times we're watching these shows as a viewer, not considering that to get a certain reaction from these contestants or these suitors, they, there's something specific happening. There's a context we're sometimes not always getting. Even the way the show's edited, uh, we can get a shot from, of, of a specific person related to a completely different context and they can make it seem that it's reaction to some different storyline altogether and they do that they frank frankenbite with a specifically on the bachelor bachelorette bachelor in paradise they put your words together words you've said 
maybe not in a sentence, maybe not in that specific context, and they've put it together to make you say a specific thing. Oh my and God, really? They absolutely 100% do I did that. not know it went that far. I know that they, I thought that they would just like cut things in a way that heightened the drama. So they would remove a boring conversation and then they would just put in the spicy parts. And because sometimes you can see it. Someone will say something yes. and they're responsible. You'll be like, what? Is that what you would naturally say back to someone? And I'm like, okay, that was obviously an edit. But cut, yes. making you say what you didn't say, that's news mm-hmm. to me. They make new conversations um, or new new statements. There's a specific lady from Tuerman, actually. They were on, they've, they've both come back years later once the contract has technically never expired, but has expired. And have said that there was a specific um, something that conversation that aired and um, it never happened. So, the, so let's say to you and I, you, Portia, were, were made to, to seem like you and you were having a conversation with me so I was so a producer was sitting opposite you on the right um at the pool and the producer was having a specific conversation with you and then they called me and then they put me on your right as if and they were then on my on the left and then they had a specific conversation with me and then they met, they mm. put it on the show as if we people were talking to each other. That's wild. And it's things to keep in mind. And even when a certain person gets a specific edit, so like a villain edit, always yeah. take it with a yeah. grain of salt in the shows because no one is ever that bad. Sometimes they are. Let me not say no one. Ooh. But sometimes the person is just not as bad. Someone like Shake is as bad, we can see, because yeah. reunion. But sometimes the person is made to seem a lot worse. They put certain music over that person's scenes. Sometimes it's a clown thing. Sometimes it's like, so, and so that they can manipulate the audience into feeling a certain way. Like these shows are actually quite like hectic in that way. Unethical. Unethical. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know if you ever saw the show Unreal. And it's I like did. Talk- I did. I really liked Unreal. It got cut short randomly. Um, and I was like, wow, wow, wow. This has taught me so much. Because it was written by folks who'd worked on reality shows. On The Bachelor. On The Bachelor, yeah. And then The Bachelor put out all these statements being like, uh, that's not us. That's not how we are. <laughs> I mean, Unreal was dramatic because they included like suicide and all these other things. Right. Like, these characters also had their own drama going on wow they really they go in and they whisper in their ear and they say yeah why don't you you've got to consider that there's a lot of context taken out right exactly and that's what makes it hard for me is that why I feel like it's unethical is because you're kind of forced into being a kind like a version of yourself yes isn't you know completely accurate and you don't because of what the conceit of the show is and because for instance in okay no we're getting to levels but i keep trying to skip uh skip (laughs) but um let's get there and talk about it because it's like the only one i know (laughs) right Um, i think like yeah the other thing i'll just say is like obviously lack of body representation on these shows like never gonna get um a fat person you're never gonna get a plus size person you're never gonna no like apparently no one wants yeah. to see their love stories which is like interesting even oh. love is blind again because e- okay there's only been two seasons to be fair i imagine there'll be many many more 
but um even that had some body diversity like it's one of the main things at the beginning yes. a lot of women talk about how they look like one of the things was like danielle i believe expressed like an insecurity one of the contestants yes too. but she's pretty normal sized you know what i mean like it's like it's yes. ultimately the couples that get on air you know absolutely um, that's exactly what i thought about love is blind as well is that ultimately the couples that do get on air yeah and the people who do get the most air time are still it's not very diverse in that sense um and i mean forget it if you're on love love island or too hard to handle like that's the thing it's like all these god forbid we consider like someone who's plus size hot or too hot to handle six packs here okay nothing less um and then of course like i mean one of the things i always think about is like the real motivation especially once these shows are successful is like if i'm going on love is blind it's also and I say also, cause it can, the, both things can be true. I could be there to really find love, but also I'm looking at Cameron and um, Lauren's numbers and they came up with plus 2 million followers each. They've got a YouTube channel. Lauren is now um, a, a, a podcast co-host. Yeah. Um, like a super influencer. She's always on like brain shows. Yeah, and so, I just think what the shelf life of it is, though. Like, how does it work? Because I, because I'm not in Bachelor Nation or anything like that, I don't fully get the um, appeal. Like, why am I following a couple that got together on a reality show? What do they give me? Because, and I think, and it's interesting. I was actually listening to an episode um, on reality TV today or a podcast, and one of the the lady, she, I think her name's Kate Casey. Casey, Kate Casey. I'll I'll fix that. Um, but she follows reality TV just in general. And she talks about how she loves what she loves about reality TV is like for scripted shows, um, you watch this this the show and then it ends, and then you kind of have to conceive for yourself what happens to them at the end. Like if you're watching, um, you're watching Insecure, you finish um season five you're right at the end you kind of you don't know what happens after whereas on unscripted shows you follow them afterwards you can see like what the relationship is the story continues yeah and if you're open and actually invested to what the journey was and you exactly like real people that you care about like I could okay so then you're like I wonder how like Lauren's doing let me check on Lauren. exactly okay. you want to know like I wonder if they're still if they're still together you get excited when you see that like them post together when right. they've got like a, they now have got sparks the dog imagine now when they have kids and now she can be a mommy influencer and that's like right. a whole different it's like a whole <laughs> ball game okay I see I get it now because for me I was like I saw them fall in love I'm done now like <laughs> yeah I guess you're just not like but there is a huge following there's a huge interest in seeing like what these people do yeah and it depends on how you like for me I feel like people's romantic lives are their romantic lives and it's not for me to be like career but obviously that's not necessarily the case culturally especially since these shows exist like people yeah no 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 now we get involved like these are people yeah yeah is in the public domain you know yep we're into it so okay i get it i get it I yeah get it. And, and and it can be very lucrative so i mean i don't that's why i think some of the, 
these like conceits of like be here for the right reasons for all of these shows I think we have to get rid of it and just be able to say like you can want to find love and think of the possibility because on The Bachelor you're one in 30 on Love is Blind you might not even be picked as one of the five couples um all of these and if you if you do get love that's wonderful but also like if you're able to make money as an influencer that's also great like some people just want to do that and I guess I I just don't see it as like this evil and of course like even getting onto like Love Island money is a great incentive like why not yeah I mean I guess there's power in it like now I'm thinking about it I'd have to take a year to get ready but I might do too hard to handle you know, because it takes a lot. You know, you go, you have a good time. This takes time. so long. It takes very low. You go, you have a good time. I know who I am. I know that I'm in charge of myself. And I can certainly yes. handle the situation. Like, you know, I should, you know what? That's going to be, I'm going to get like bikini beach body ready. And I'm going to make an application. Okay, watch this space. I'm now ready to go. I'm on board. So this is one of the reasons I love these shows is that the stakes are really low, like for a lot of things. Like this is not very serious. Um, but like let's get into it. And just one more thing that uh we we haven't mentioned the show yet, but what we are going to do is definitely talk about this uh the ultimatum, which is the newest Netflix reality show that follows up. Can you even call it follows up? But it's basically part of Nick Lachey and Vanessa Manillo's little dating reality show empire that they're doing. And it was a wild ride. And I can't wait for us to discuss it. It's the wildest, wildest show. And I, you know, I actually was telling Greg that this show is giving him all the reasons why it's terrible. And then I said, and it's the best thing on television. Like it is. (laughs) I want 10 more seasons of this chaos. Oh my gosh. It is really, it's really funny. It's actually, the premise in and of itself is my problem. I, so the premise of you come with your partner and one of you has given the other an ultimatum to get married or not get married. Yeah. And then you put yourselves through an experiment where you will swap partners for three weeks and then come back to each other for the next three weeks and then come back afterwards and decide on the ultimatum, whether it's a yes to marriage to your original partner or no, or whether you're going to walk away with your new, the partner you swapped with. That is the most problematic format of any show <laughs> Listen, some people, okay. Let's get yeah. into Love is Blind season two. Yeah, let's, let's. Okay, I, well, let me start by saying it's the season that I watched first, right? And honestly, the entire time I was like, this is chaos. <laughs> Anarchy, this is a disaster. And I don't understand what the appeal was. And right. I went and I watched season one just to be like, how, what is it always like this? Because to be frank, everything was bad for me. I didn't like any of the, I didn't find them to be true. I was worried about everybody's long-term prospects. (laughs) I did not like, I felt like everybody was making a huge, big life mistake (laughs) as I was watching them go. And then I watched season one and I was like, 
I see. I see how like we got roped mm. in. I was watching this for the first time. You had a couple that felt the like very real. Like yes. most couples still were like dicey, but Lauren and Cameron, there's a reason they got two point something million. They, I believe in their love as much as I don't care to follow it. They because I just it's none of my business. But well, mm-hmm. they our business, but you know what I mean. At a principle yeah. level, I'm gonna leave you to do you. Um, and I, we talked about it. And I said I think they happen to both be people who really liked who they are and knew yeah. who they were just for themselves and came mm. there genuinely <laughs> what the yeah. in the bible is uh, in the bible in the bachelor is <laughs> for the right reasons you know what yeah. I mean? they really mm-hmm. were there open for the and when they found each other they were both dedicated to it and they were like yes mm-hmm. let's do it for real the other people you know it's like yes i want this but you could see they had other motivations not yeah yeah pairing up and being together with someone or they had other insecurities that were constantly popping up yes it was like self-sabotage in a way but we're here to talk about season two and like i said chaos anarchy disaster <laughs> tell me what you think lawlessness yeah. um yeah <laughs> have you ever watched um the last kingdom so it's like about like england the formation of england it's really good. It's so good. It's on Netflix. And there's, um, there's a specific character in the show that's like around for a couple of the first couple of seasons. And I remember Greg and I got to a point where we were so annoyed with this character and we were just like, we're done with them. And eventually the character was killed off. And then they had like a successor and the successor made us realize how good we had it with the guy before <laughs> yes okay I feel that's you. how I felt with this is that I loved love is blind season one and the, you know what was so funny for me was the first two episodes I remember watching Lauren and Cameron and I cried I literally had tears in my eyes when she said Cam I think I love you and he was like I love you too Oh my I God! Yes, I believed in it. I felt it deep in my heart, and the whole show—they were unproblematic. They were real. They were just really enjoyable to watch. I think the only issue was that sometimes Cameron made me a bit sleepy. You know? Yeah. Yes. Bad. Like he was—he like, was completely like boring, but yeah. in the best possible way. And then, even. Even Bonnet and Amber, I actually really enjoyed them as a couple. By the end, I really bought into it. I really I, felt like the only and Amber that, were yeah. actually really compatible. Like yeah. I, I, they and they really, them making it work made complete sense to me. Even after the show, I'm like, no, they actually, it makes complete sense to me that they've made it work. Yeah. Um, and the couples that didn't make it, I was like, yeah, no, you know, that that really, yeah. Janina and Damien, and people loved it. I didn't particularly like, I didn't hate it, but I didn't enjoy it in the way people did. But again, watching them, I'd, I'd watch them again. Yeah, it's true, because they Season did two, interesting soapy, you know? They, they really did. Entertaining, you know, they were in. They were very entertaining. Yeah, 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 yeah. Season two, I felt there was not a single couple that I rooted for, not a one. And there was no feeling that I had where I was like, oh, 
I'm so happy. I'm just so happy. I can't like not not a one. And I felt that was for me the the real missed opportunity that this season had was I actually think what Love is Blind needs is yeah. at least one solid couple that isn't toxic or isn't Ayana and Jarrett. So yeah. so like what I mean by that is like they're really the best couple here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I'm not feeling super connected to them. Okay, so I have thoughts about that, that I wonder what you would you would say to them. So I agree mm-hmm. with you that we need one solid couple that feels real that we can follow so that we can buy into the love is blind. So we can buy into it, absolutely. They, they want us to have. Um, and then, of course, you need a Shayna and a Jessica. You absolutely need that because it's like oh, too yeah. entertaining. Oh, yeah. yeah, you need some drama. There will always be drama. But the, the hard part is because of the structure of their show, they can't, as producers, Manufacture. make it happen. You know, yeah. you just have yeah. to get what you get. So they're in a bit of a bind that way. And I think if this happens, like two, like next season, we need some couples that are for real. I think if this yeah. happens, like two more times, the show's dead in the water because it's like, I agree. You know, ugh, I hate when I'm American, a Canadian, and they say water. I still want to feel like water. Anyway, water. Um, so the, here's the other thing. So Ayana and Jared do have the issue that she was second fiddle because I think to go on that journey, mm. you wanted to be, and she wasn't. Obviously, she wasn't. This is how the structure yeah, yeah. she was chosen. I, and I hate to say that because I know she has an insecurity about that. And it must be hard even to see the internets like, you yeah. know, like, oh, he would have gone with someone else, blah, 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 blah. But I also think that the reason they aren't yay blah 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 aside from the fact that they wasn't like Ashley I don't know why I keep wanting to call her Ashley I think it's because I know somebody who looks like her Lauren and Cameron yeah. never had it was just all up 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 yes. never had a single yeah. but I also think it's a bit racialized maybe I read too much into things but love is blind yes there's people of color but it's still predominantly it's a white show and I don't know that in this white show you're going to get a golden couple that's black I stand to be corrected just because of the way that we are if they're going to be celebrated in the way that like and like a white couple would or like you know the combination like a Lauren and Cam I hear you you know what I mean again put on that pedestal even if they were I don't know that they get 2.3 million followers do you know what I'm saying so I hear you. Look, I don't think anyone will ever get the followers that the first season did anymore anyway. Interestingly, Deep Tea has the highest following follower count with over, I think, six, 650,000. And she's not even in a coupling. And, and interestingly, she is a woman of color. And I actually, I agree with you about the racialized thing. I think if like- Shake and Deep Tea were actually if Sheikh wasn't awful and if he was a different person but still a person of color and I think if they were both Indian I think they would probably have the the most following specifically because Deep Tea is so amazing Mm -hmm. and I think that's what it was for me is that I found I think Ayana and Jarrett are are great I think perhaps the way the show's produced maybe they wouldn't they have a difficulty editing a black couple maybe yeah um i mean because i actually think ayana and Jarrett, they could have edited them actually brighter than they did and lighter than they did specifically because ayana i think came off a bit a lot more insecure than she is than she seems to be and i think they could have 
brightened her up a lot more. Yeah. I mean, I think they also didn't, ex- I think they were following some of the other couples with a sharper focus than the two. Yeah. It's more yes, just yeah, when I think sure. about like all the reality shows that exist and all the kind of like coupledoms that come out, you know what I mean? I mean, there's a, there's a lot of variables at play. So many variables. Absolutely. And, and I agree with you that race has a, has an effect. It, it really does. Mm-hmm. That's the truth about all of these reality shows. It really does. Even when we talk about social media, black yeah. people on the shows always have the least and followers. I guess it also depends on, exactly. And I guess it also depends on, DT's good at social media and she's like out there like that on social media. I'm sure in a way that Danielle isn't maybe, or the others aren't very involved with, that also makes the difference. How engaged the individual is with that whole like social media world. Also, Danielle was a bit problematic. So <laughs> Wait, but they did, can... but apparently they did edit her weird as well. Exactly. So we, we, this is what, what I mean about the edit, specifically what Ayana and Deep Tea, is that Deep Tea was edited so positively throughout. She never not once came off insecure, bad, toxic, yeah. like never not throughout, even in the reunion. Yeah. And she had the best edit out of all of the women on the show. So for me, the fact that she has the most following completely makes sense to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the same with Lauren. Yeah. Lauren had the best edits on season one. Yeah, I felt bad. Yeah. I felt terrible for Jessica. I think that was her name. Basically was edited to look like an alcoholic. Yes. um, First season. And just desperate and strange. Yes. Uh, and then in this one, I also felt bad for Kyle. I think he's completely correct about the way. So this is the other thing I wanted to talk about, about the hosts. Like we love ourselves yes. and Vanessa Lachey. But again, because of the, the, the fundamentally, in my opinion, unethical <laughs> nature of the show, they can come off real shady. You know what I mean? So yeah. they're gonna, they're gonna do job. Don't get me wrong. They're going to do a job. Vanessa, Vanessa has been hosting for her whole life. She knows what she's doing. She's great at it. But also they poke holes in like people. So yes. they'll be like, tell us how that felt for you. And then the person will say like, it wasn't easy. It was hard. And they'll be like, did you maybe feel, um, <laughs> did maybe feel like they'd lied to you a little bit? Did you not? And I'm like, now you're inserting things. This person is clearly uncomfortable saying. And there was a huge dodge, mm. which I would have liked to hear the answer to, but clearly because they don't want to admit to the fact that they're shady as hell. Um, mm-hmm. Kyle straight up asked, like, why was that meeting even in the show? Why was that scene, as in Shayna going to Shane to say, I have big feelings for you after she'd gotten engaged to Kyle and when he had walked in there to plan to propose to Natalie, right? I think that was a decision of the production. They, but they, and, and you know what I think it is, yeah. um, Portia, when you talk about, and what I wanted to say is that when we, the way specifically Vanessa like phrase certain things, and especially with the additional inferring is completely what I can hear a producer saying on the show that's not aired. And so she's using a lot of producer speak in that in that finale to get a specific reaction because they're trying to make the juiciest finale they can specifically from the juiciest season that they've you know so that they want to be able to get you in that moment
Let's get into the ultimatum for real, for real. Okay. I have to tell you that I already, because remember we watched Love is Blind and they did promo this one. Yes. I remember already thinking, absolutely no. For me, immediately. (laughs) I don't want to. And then I, I said the same thing. I was like, nope, this is not for me. Yeah. And then I was watching this show and I was, cause I was like, okay, fine. I'll start it. I've been out with my cousin. It was a good time. Let me just check this out. I'd had a little bit of a, a drinky drink. So I was in the mood to be chill. And to be honest, I was surprised that I found some of, I was like, okay, you know what? Maybe this is making sense. <laughs> I was like, it's true. If you're at a place where you and your partner just don't see eye to eye of the next steps and you still want to be together for the foreseeable future, but you don't see the stalemate breaking up, maybe, yeah, put yourself in a situation where you have to actually really think about, am I ready? Is this what I want to do? Or at least figure out some things. I mean, yes. And also hard no. Ah. The reason being, I'm like, I get it. I actually get, get people who have an ultimatum. I do, I do. But I feel like, this is not the healthiest way to make your decision in that they could have made a different show where, yeah, it's still the ultimatum. You come and then you spend three weeks in intensive therapy with your partner and then you come back and then you decide. The whole partner swapping, I, I get it. And, and when, when Nick and, and Vanessa actually spoke about what they did in their relationship, it was like, oh, they came up with this dumb idea. I, I get it. And <laughs> That's so funny. I actually, I loved the show. I was obsessed from five minutes in when Hunter says that he he is not ready to get married, um, but if he meets the right person tomorrow, he will propose. Right, <laughs> and then he proposes to his same fiance, who at the time was really angry at somebody else's person for not saying "I like you." I Alexis was the queen for me like when she told Colby that she liked him and he said he didn't like her and the next day she comes back and she's like okay but can we talk again and he says still don't like you and he says because he's not attracted to her and she says lies and then she calls him a bad person yeah that was a bit wild she said you're a bad person and one of the first thing you said to me was you're unattractive which was a wild mischaracterization of the entire so and, But this is the thing. These things are put together for entertainment purposes. And I really do struggle with the ethics of it. On the one hand, it's like you don't have to think about it because these are all grown adults who subjected themselves, right, to this process and thought it might be a good idea. I could just enjoy and let it go. But at the same time, I don't know, I'm in my 30s and it turns out that I have a real tendency towards ageism, which I try to curb. But I'm like... Y'all are early and mid-twenties, all of them, every single one. I think only Hunter might have been close to 29 or something. And I just thought, like, why are you in a hurry? And why is this right now? Because here you are having your raw emotions. At least Love is Blind is manipulating you into falling in love with someone. Here you're taking people with history and a lifetime together and like a real significant issue between them. 
And they yes. have to play it out. And this is the thing. You cannot help but also perform for the camera is what I think to some extent. Absolutely. Especially when you're having vulnerable emotions. I mean, I'm obviously not in the situation. I don't actually know how it goes. But when I wasn't suspending disbelief and trying not to think about the production and trying not to think about, look at how their outfits are all pristine every time. Look at how their makeup is done every time. Like, this is not real life. You know what I mean? And I was like, <laughs> yeah, I'm watching it for the drama that they're going to give me and the real thoughts that they're having. I was like... I don't know. It's. I guess it's worth the money to them. I was like, all of these people have student debt. That's my answer. <laughs> Why they've done this to themselves. Be- especially because it seemed like some of them had genuine, all of them really, th- they were real relationships. That's, I mean, true. I think from the beginning, I thought, what? And then looking back at the end and how it worked out, I thought, you know what? Some of these... I'm glad they actually went through this experiment Uh to get to where they got to. And it's wild that I'm saying that because the experiment itself is like, whoa, there's so many elements that I felt were, this is so unnecessary. But again, it makes sense for the show for it to be dramatic that I'm like, this wasn't necessary for the experiment, so to speak. But looking at it, at the end, I'm like, okay, I'm glad April and Jake went on this experiment. I'm yeah. glad Ray and Zay went on this experiment because at least those couples, I'm like, I'm glad they're not together anymore. And I feel like what would have happened is Jake and April would have just kept dating. Oh. She would have kept pressurizing him. They would have kept sleeping together without any protection. Oh my God, which they kept telling us out loud, girl, oh, we don't need to be is- to sleep in your business. And also, um, that's my problem with April. That's when I remember I texted you and I said to her, I'm done with April because I really liked April from the beginning, especially in that dinner where yeah. she was, she had her, that episode three, which was the most bizarre episode of any reality show I'd seen. <laughs> and she had that meltdown and, and then she had some points. But when she um, kept speaking to the other girls about having unprotected sex with Jake, I just felt like this is so private. It's going to be aired. It's one thing speaking about your fertility issues, but it's a whole different story speaking about every day you're having unprotected sex with your boyfriend. Without his consent. Who doesn't want to marry you. It also did seem like she had his consent to disclose that. Right? Right. She was the most polarizing character for me personally, because on one hand, I think she's actually incredible as a person. She has a certain level of clarity about her intention. I don't think she's very confused about what she wants. Yes. Whether or not she wants it for the right reasons. <laughs> In the beginning, I thought, whoa, you are like uh, not to use misogynistic expressions, but definitely about to. A stage five clinger where <laughs> I'm like, this man is right here. He's not saying no, like you seem to have a good relationship, right? And you're actually 23. <laughs> so I 23. don't know where you're at. 23, you know? And you you know what I mean? You have like a solid, like you can, you can start to chill a little bit. I know you want to be married, but like right now, and then again, who, what right do I have to tell people like when they should be married? If it's something she wants, she wants. But anyway, at that dinner, I was really, really shocked and surprised and then impressed that she is the one who called out Nate for doing a really ridiculous, awkward, unnecessary proposal. And 
told everybody at the table, no, I'm actually here doing this for real, for real. I really invest yeah. in finding out if me and my partner should move to the next level. And I'm, it's hard for me, but I'm a, making myself be open to letting him explore what he needs to explore here. And it feels like some of you here are just running around playing games. And this isn't funny. Yeah. And I was really very impressed by that. And even Same. at the end, yeah, she's got a little like resentment. Uh, she seems mm-hmm. to have genuinely been like, we made the choices we made. We came to this thing. Clearly, mm. we, did. we weren't able to stick together. So it wasn't meant to be. Now I'm really, really happy. I mean, I do think that there's a, still a part of me that's like, oh, question mark, because of, you know, that the opposite of thou dost protest too much is like, thou dost <laughs> celebrate too much. So now everything's yes. okay. If you hadn't found this older man who was making you happy now, how would you actually yes. still feel yeah. like the right thing happened? Um, but funnily enough, I do think good choice. It's good she's got an older man who wants to talk about having kids. That seems right for her if she's trying to be on super speed. I agree with you because I think, look, if April really wants to have kids right now, she has every right to want to have yeah. kids right now, get married right now. Then really she, for me, is the same as, as Nate for me and Lauren, is then find a partner that wants that those same things. Don't try force your partner who doesn't want that same thing either now or ever to want that same thing. So I'm glad that Jake and April went through this for that specific reason, that they could break up and she could actually then go back to the dating pool and start again and actually find someone that was more compatible for her. Cause like you said, she's actually lovely and she's, she's actually like a cool chick, you know, like she's one of those cool yeah. chicks. And you could see when she was staying with Colby, like she was super cool and um, they seem to enjoy staying together. So I think she just really wants that thing. And I'm glad she can find someone who, who wants that with her. Yeah. Whereas Nate and Lauren. Uh, 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 you know uh, what? I, 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 I'm genuinely bummed that I didn't see Colby and Lauren. Talk me and, too. And develop because that was one of the things that sort of turned me around. Uh, to because I because uh, yeah my my feeling was Colby and Madeline who came in I was like you're doomed from the start which of course I'm very wrong about yes. so, um, yes. the biggest she, surprise the biggest surprise because she genuinely seemed to harbor a lot of contempt for this man big disdain big 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 and when he and Lauren connected and she was trying to explain I just don't have that feeling of like yeah. I want to have kids it's not easy for me whatever and I found. I still questioned his whole thing of, oh, I could get you there. Yeah. Like he was like, I understand. I can talk to you. We can make sure you're comfortable, blah, blah, blah. But it was still an approach that I didn't see coming for him because it had a lot more empathy than I saw him mm-hmm. capable of having. Mm-hmm. But that also makes sense because when you've been with someone forever, some, you know, the irony of being in a long-term relationship sometimes is that the more you begin to take things for granted and have certain expectations, you do sometimes lose that empathy because you have so much of a a so-called shared reality that it's hard for you to be like, my partner's experiencing a different thing than me and it makes you feel insecure if you're vulnerable in that place. So I was just very surprised. And I thought they had a really interesting connection and I wanted to see them explore it. I genuinely thought this chick would tell Nate no. But then looking back, like, no, I don't want to be married. But then looking back, I was like, why would you do that? You just started on this experience. This person you've been with forever. You're just having one issue. Yeah, it was just a wild time because it was really interesting to see everybody at the table be like, but guys, you haven't fixed your issue that you you came (laughs) to deal with. And you think, you know what it is? 
I think also, Porsche, I think it's because that little issue is actually a huge issue. Yes. And because it's, it's like when he said in the beginning, when she spoke about like not wanting to compromise, uh, to, to sacrifice rather and to rather compromise. And he said, so what are we going to have like a half a kid? And that is literally the discussion that you must have because there is no compromise when there's one's a no and one's a yes when it comes to having kids. It's not like having a puppy where you can say, look, the puppy must only ever sleep on your side. You always clean up the poop. You always, this a child is literally your, it's your child. Yeah. And you can actually say that's your puppy, yeah. but you can't say once, once you've got, each other you've this egg is fertilized this baby's now um the baby has come to term and you've given birth it's not one person's baby (laughs) you're like sir you already cracked the egg it's in the pad it's cooking like but um, it's cooking so uh, i just felt like it was just a big thing they hadn't sorted out but you know what Good for them for having come around. Like you also said, it also, it was one of those things that also made me come around to Colby as well. Um, And I really liked Colby Hay going into it until that fight with Zay. And I just realized Colby, he's got a very difficult time taking responsibility for his own actions. And I actually thought Madeline had bars when they, you know, later on in the experiment when, um, you know, he, yeah. When you find out that he went outside of that experiment to, uh, to have this sort of experience with some other lady uh, kept saying that it was because of her. It was because of Madeline that he did that. I just didn't understand him. (laughs) I mean, the funny thing is that I completely understand his logic in a way, but the how was a problem and you need to be able to take responsibility for that and address it, right? Because he's completely accurate in the sense of he got partnered with April, who very clearly only wanted to be with Jake. And he also very only clearly wanted to be with Madeline. The two of them were like best buds, but not getting into anything deep and he was seeing his ex be all like no I'm very open in all the ways I want to get down that's what we're here for and she's also like girl you remember how emphatic she was at the beginning and so he was like I want that experience of clearly not getting it on here with my pairing but buddy the way you did it was wild and how did you expect her not to have a it was wild you know like that was within the confines of the situation and, and he was very childish the one thing i did pick up on is that he very much lives in a fantasy i think i just wanted to shake him because i actually think he's a nice guy yeah um but he does have a problem taking responsibility for his own actions and saying i did this because i wanted to do this and the reason was me as opposed to blaming someone else for it. And again, I actually agree with you in terms of like understanding his motivation in that he felt like, yeah, he wasn't getting the full experience. But I also felt like, but you brought Madeline to this experiment. You, you, you are the one with the ultimatum, not Madeline. So if you're so sure, which you kept saying that I'm so sure, I'm so sure, then I don't know why you need to hook up with a random stranger and be having an emotional situation with her for three weeks outside of the experiment. And actually, 
you know, when Alexis said it um, to Hunter at the reunion, that if you ever did that, I would, like we'd be done. I actually felt the same as Alexis personally, where I was like, if it's outside of the experiment, I would also be done. Cause that's, cause what they'd agreed to is to do the specific thing within the bounds of this experiment. Yeah. But then yeah. again, when they got married, and then she walked in pregnant. Oh my gosh! Talk about a twist. He could take responsibility for his actions, and he seemed to also like kind of project a lot onto the women. She yeah. wants to be with me, but she's afraid because of this. Oh, she says she doesn't want to have kids, but I get it. We could get there, and it's like no. Yes, you need to accept what people are telling you about themselves as well. <laughs> <And> <laughs> yes. I really thought he was going to get ditched at the altar because it had appeared that Madeline was like. I my, but to the the whole time until the reunion, I was like she was caught up in the high of the whole situation. Yes, unconscionable so. that he asked that they get married the same day. I was like, stop trying to trap a queen. But it happened, and, and she came, belly full of baby, you know, just ready to roll. Um, <laughs> and I just hope that I think it is true. It seems very genuine on both of their parts. And I also think that it is an important, um, what she said is very deep to me, like as, as something I think about all the time because I'm a hyper-independent person, which is you have to mm. also think about what you gain from partnership. Because yes, so what I will grieve a lot of the time. You know what I mean? What I'll miss, like the fact that I now have to be attuned yeah. like many people at once, you know? Um, and that's sort of yeah. her commenting and saying, I thought marrying him, I would lose myself, whatever that means. But yeah. I, you also gain a lot. And I thought that seems genuine. That seems true. That's wonderful for you that you figured out that way. Yeah. And I do st- still very much see like an intense power dynamic between the two of them and Madeline is in charge. <laughs> So, you know, actually, and I mean, so Madeline was partnered up with Randall and who was originally dating, or yeah, his original partner was Shanique and then Shanique was partnered with Ray, with Zay, who was originally partnered with Ray. And I must say, I felt a bit, a type, a type of way in the way Shanique and Zay were edited. Now, this is, Uh understand this is just my personal opinion. I didn't like that they were the dark-skinned black people and then they both came off in a specific way. And the reason I say that specifically about Shanique is because I felt by the end, I felt like she was, she had a weird edit to me because he, Randall, like, proposes. And I, when these couples propose and all of that, you're supposed to, what these shows are doing is you're supposed to root for them. Yeah. And I felt like we didn't get to root for Randall and Shanique because of the way they edited Shanique. I felt like they edited a lot of her, and I guess it's for drama, but like they made her seem a lot more, they they, they highlighted a lot more of her negative aspects and not so much like what made Randall propose. That my that was my problem. Like it can't be that you just don't want Madeline. There must be something about your even those three weeks that we could have seen that made us well, believe that like oh that these- for some reason they gave us more content and context around the three weeks with the other people than they did around the three weeks that the other that the couples got back together, and I feel like 
two more episodes before the reunion were warranted. Just to give us a little bit more information. Do you know what I'm saying? Because I just felt like exactly what you say. I do not know what brought Randall back to Shadiq because the last I had heard from them or seen from them was hardcore incompatibility. <laughs> or just like or like tension. Not, I wouldn't say incompatibility, but very much the same thing that you were seeing, but with a different flavor. April and Jake that Shanique wanting something so badly and Randall being like I really need you to be able to listen to me and to also see that I'm taken into consideration in this you know in yeah. all and not just like these are the the touch points we need to have you know so yeah that was very strange to me I did not see Randall proposing coming I honestly thought he would say no the funny thing is I wish they my suggestion to this team would be film these episodes but then keep up with the people in the interim before the reunion, because that's where the juicy story actually is between the couples. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like back in real life, because this experiment stuff, it made no sense. The couples at the end, exactly. Like, I wasn't sure I was rooting for any of them. I didn't really care that much because it was I so wasn't. I was not rooting for any of them. And I, I was think- like, please, please let, non- let none of these people get engaged. Exactly. Ray and Zay had me feeling like we were in like a Dr. Seuss book because of those names, you know, and having to say them like, who was Ray? <laughs> Ray was with Zay. Zay and Ray. I was just like, oh, this feels very silly. But, you know, not to insult their names. <laughs> <laughs> I do. I actually have a, like a, some level of affection for both of them. Zay makes a lot of sense to me as a person. I don't know why. I do find him incredibly mm emotional he's got a lot of going to do he's not very good at conflict and he clearly has a lot of trauma there that's very easily activated you know what i mean based on the fact Mm. that like he disappears Mm. for a while and how very immediately defensive he gets and like tends towards the like uh meanness and like you know like uh no that's not what i said listen to what i said is that what i said though part of the situation you know yeah and though he's not really making sets <laughs> some of the time yeah. but that to me I guess I have empathy because I've got like younger brothers or something he just feels like a young guy you know who hasn't figured it yeah. out yet and also um I do think Ray was not treating him very well you know like he was really asking as he was saying like can you explain to me what's going on here you know what I mean like you're the one who brought me on this ultimatum show Now we're back together. How are you feeling a bit X, Y, and Z? And she was giving him nothing. And I know that that is terribly, terribly, it's awful. You know what I mean? To go through, because you feel crazy. And then that combined with his own personal situation was not ideal. So I felt bad, but no excuse for like like his behavior, especially at the reunion. Ray and Jake had such immediate and intense chemistry that I'm like, there's no way this was going to end well for the relationship. There's no way this was going to be fair. I think I agree with you in terms of like Ray and Jake had this instant connection. There was no chance for the other relationships. I think with Zay though, I, I really didn't enjoy him for the most part. There were parts where I really did enjoy him, but I think I found him extremely childish and, you know, when he was, ha- when he actually had that conversation with Shanique after um, Ray had broken up with him and she was actually calling him out on his behavior and actually talking about like, he, he does 
fall on his past trauma as a crutch when he, I do think he has surpassed many of those things, but instead of taking responsibility, he, he falls back on, but I've got trauma from being abandoned. Um, and I, I do feel like that is very real, um, but it's not the only thing that's happening. And I think sometimes it's actually important to recognize where you do have trauma because that's real and it does affect you and it affects us. And also to, to take responsibility for our actions in the moment. He has a big difficulty with that. He, every time he walked out, I think I commend him in one sense because clearly he understood he, he doesn't know how to deal with his, he, he probably would have had an adverse reaction in the moment, like worse than he does. But also his walking away for me is, is not good. Um, the one thing I must say about Ray is I agree with you. She gave him nothing. And I did, in, I did like at the reunion where she acknowledged that looking back, what she thought she was giving and what she actually, she could see how it was perceived and that she really apologized for that. But when he, and when she went off on him and I think she had every right to, because he kept accusing her of being physical, like more That's physical with Jake than she yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. he was in a sense, there was a bit of slut shaming in it. Yeah. Um, well, this is what when he is. He's sorry to interrupt you is that he's very much giving me little boy vibes because all of his excuses and insults just felt very childish to me. You know, like, what are we talking about? Right? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And when she, like when he, when she was busy explaining something at the beginning and he was like, well, uh, 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 interrupting yeah, exactly. her when he did that I was like uh, uh, I didn't like it but when she went off on him yeah. I actually felt I don't for me it felt like and she kept going on about like how he, he would always shout over her during arguments he never let her speak and she was standing up for us I felt like whoa 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 you can see how unhealthy that relationship was and she, it yeah. felt like she was finally letting out so yeah. much frustration frustration and hurt and anger at how he had treated her in that relationship um and it was it was what a moment it was so uncomfortable and i really appreciated jake like he was holding her hand and like really being there for her um but it was really sad i think for both ray and zay um and i do hope for the best for him he he can use as we all can, some therapy to work through his communication issues and whatever it is that he wants to work through personally. Um, and happy for Ray and her girlfriend. <laughs> yeah, for I guess so. And a part of yeah. me, when she actually said that, it some a part of me, it like a lot of it clicked. I think for a long time, Ray was very confused. So I don't know that she could have explained herself more to him. She just should never have given him an ultimatum. Let me tell you, let me tell you. And she, I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, yes, right. Even the way she was like, which has actually kind of been amazing. I was like, yes, girl, you accept who you are. <laughs> you be free. Um, yes. It's true. Yes. She really had a lot of pent up frustration to bring up. And I think, 
in those situations, it's always kind of interesting because I do think everybody deserves that moment to be truly honest, especially when you've been treated wrongly. And then it's also always a little bit mixed up with the anger you kind of have at yourself for allowing that mm. to take place. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but at the yeah. same time, think, as April said, things go exactly how they're supposed to go because, but for having this encounter with Jake and being treated differently and mm. having a sort of a different energetic space to inhabit rather than always being with this block of a man who doesn't, who's quite resistant to the things you're saying most of the time will get you across, you know, across to that line to see that different perspective. Mm. I thought what was really interesting about the encounter you were speaking about between Shanique and Zay um, about mm-hmm. him like, leaving all the whole night long. Um, mm-hmm. I found it deeply kind of ironic, to be honest, because Shadik has the exact same conflict resolution style as Jake. Based That's on so based true. as Zay, based on the edit, because she she did the exact same things to Randall. Yes. The minute he would start saying something that she didn't really like or something critical. She would immediately be like, okay, whatever. I see what you're doing. Whatever. I'm not even going to be here. I'm leaving. And it's like, girl, yes. what are you talking about? Listen. And the one that irritated me the most where I was like, because I think Randall's, Randall's my best guy. Yes. Yeah, Everybody there, you know? And then I won't even rate the rest. Hata, I don't even know if I could count because he said, two words, <laughs> except for the bars he threw down in the reunion when they asked who has learned the least. I was so surprised. Hata was like, immediately Nate. Immediately Nate. <laughs> But anyway, um, what was I saying? Yes. So when Shanique was asking him, like, what about Madeline do you think she could work on? And he was oh, saying, yes. you just want me to say something I don't like about her. And that's yes. what to examine. Mm-hmm. And she was just like, why can't you just say something? And like she would consistently spiral. So it was very funny to me when she was telling Zay, like, no, you're not listening to me. And look, don't walk away. Like, now you're walking away. And I'm like, you just did this yesterday. You just did this. But this is you. We are so much better at seeing other people's stuff and trying to help them with it than we are at seeing our own. It's just, I guess, part of life's paradox, you know? But I honestly thought I would hate watching and kind of, like, laugh at people. But I ended up, which, you know, that's not a great trait. <laughs> <laughs> but they're adults who chose this and it's entertaining. Um, but in the end, I like had a lot of empathy for like the, the actual specifics of the issues they were having, you know? Mm. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And I am also I glad I also watched it. I I also thought this is gonna be a horrifying joke, but I think at the end you got to see so many sides of the different people. Um, you got to dislike them and like them. And I actually like that about the show in general, that yeah. you do, I didn't, the only person is Nate really that I felt like you kind of had the same opinion because you just never got into the experiment, but everyone else it felt like you got, you got to see them as a, pe- a person. And, and I, I think they were quite relatable all of them um and yeah i think well done it was just a stra- it's a strange strange format but yeah. it's very entertaining and i want more yeah <laughs> i know <laughs> definitely ready for the next ultimatum honestly the, yeah. the ultimatum is probably going to be like you know I'm pregnant now. Do you want to stay together? Yeah. yeah. That you can't even, you know, because truly this was, I never saw this kind of thing coming. But anyhow, at least we had fun watching it. We all have our, you know, stuff. 
yeah and I really think all these people are incredible like I part of why I'm yikes I would never do this the other side of that is also like, I don't have the level of bravery and strength and courage to be this vulnerable on television in mm-hmm. such an intense so there's also a part of me that's like hey power to you you know go for it but it is Absolutely. manufactured love reality show world is very interesting to see very interesting fascinating entertaining and more power to the people that go on it would never be me like <laughs> oh this was fun this is awesome so um thanks Porsche um I think we'll close um with a very short quote <laughs> the tiniest quote from what's his full name even Abhishek Abhishek yes yeah. which well, I, I actually think described the season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he's so confusing like why would you go with shake when you're Abhishek we like it's because of the internalized racism I yeah, think that's, that's present yeah that he anglicized it because I'm like shake makes sense or Abby. Or shake with the E-I. Yeah, yeah. No, I, that's what I mean. Like, just as it is. Any, anyway. Oh, yes. Moving yeah. on. Um, but I think his, like, his quotes really actually, um, it really sums up the season and also what it is, these reality sh- uh, dating shows. And it's, um, love is blurry. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, hey, love is so blurry. What shall we do about it? <laughs> Thanks. Thanks, Porsche. We'll, yeah. chat, we'll chat again. Yeah, we'll chat very soon, as per usual. You're the very best. Thank you for a good time. Okay. Bye. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram at Assume It Will Be Brilliant Pod. And if you have any questions, queries, or comments, please email us at assumeitwillbebrilliant at gmail.com. And remember, step out into the unknown, assuming it will be brilliant. If you listen to the show and you like it and you love it and you want to support it and help other people find us, please leave us a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts. Even if you listen on Spotify or anywhere else, please hop over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a rating and a review. Thank you.